Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Streetwise Theology Out of the Ivory Tower and Back into the Hands of the Invisible Church Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology. My name is Luke Saint. Today I want to talk about a common misconception, um, a little too common, I think. Recently, I was talking with a friend of mine who, in my opinion, should have known better about the conception, the thought that God does not hold people responsible uh, for sins or people have an excuse before God if if they never heard of him. You know, these people living out in the tribes of, you know, have never heard of God or Jesus or, you know, these people who live their lives never reading the Bible, never hearing about having no uh, concept that they can point to, uh, that they can, you know, somehow when they stand before the judgment throne, they can say, I didn't know. I, I, I had no idea. This isn't fair. And uh, many Christians have this idea that the the people living out in the jungle or, you know, you know insert, you know, indigenous tribe or unreached tribe or uncivilized, you know, people group here, uh, they they actually uh, some of some people believe that they're saved. Some people believe that uh, you know there's a different kind of punishment for them, or uh, or maybe even less of a punishment. I, I'm not really sure. I, I'm actually willing to entertain that there's less of a punishment, but you know I, I don't believe that these people can stand before God and say, well, we didn't know, therefore you got to treat us uh, specially, or you know you know we get some sort of special treatment because. We never heard. We how's that fair? Well, I'm I'm here to argue today uh, with illustration, with an illustration, and with scripture that they have no excuse. There is not, is never going to be that excuse when they stand before the judgment seat of God. When our sin is revealed on the day of judgment, we stand before the white throne, and we see everything that you know we've done and other people have done, which is going to be horrifying to us and to them. You know, everybody's sins are going to be horrifying. We're going to be floored that these people who we hold in high esteem uh, have thought these things or have done these things when, you know, they thought no one was looking or, you know, um, you know, because the Lord searches the heart and knows the thoughts, it's all going to be fleshed out. We're going to, we're going to see it. It's going to be exposed for everyone to see. We're all, we're all going to be horrified collectively. Um, and, you know, think of the most righteous and good person, your sweet old grandmother. We're all going to be horrified at the things that she has thought or the things that she has done in secret. But there, uh, there's not going to be any sort of excuse that anyone's going to be able to say, and, and we're all going to be like, hmm, well, you know, he does have a point. No, there, there is no point. Um, you will be justly condemned for every bad thing that you've done. And we're, you know, when that happens, and these people who have never heard of God and people, people who have and people who have not heard of God alike were, you know, when when God says, you know, you are condemned to hell, we're going to be like, well, that is a just punishment. That is absolutely what they deserve. And I think it's going to be uh, humbling for us because it's going to make us love the Lord even more because we deserve that too. Everyone deserves that. Now, I want to bring up an illustration to you to, to get you to understand where I'm coming from on this. Um, you know, for a lot of people listening, they have children. Um, can, can you imagine this, this scenario, okay? Let's say, let's take, a, let's take an army veteran, okay? Who, uh, let's say he jumped on a grenade 
for his friends. And he saved, I don't know, 30 or 40 people. It's probably one of the most honorable things you can do in our culture these days, jump on a grenade. Even the Bible says greater man has no love than a no greater love than a man has no greater love than this and that he laid down his life for his friend. So let's say we have a man who did that, but he actually survived, and you know, let's say he lost a leg, and or something was badly injured. Okay, and then he spent the rest of his life um, doing good things. You know, becoming a spokesman for charity. You know, raising millions of dollars. Even had like a Christian charity and lived a visible Christian life for, you know, all intents and purposes. And this man um, was a joy to everyone he met. Let's say that he even married a good woman who later abandoned him uh, because, you know, she didn't love him anymore and she left him and, you know, he did totally did not deserve it uh, to be left. He was a good husband and was faithful to her, but she was unfaithful to him, okay? Let's say he's in his 40s or 50s now in... Um, Suddenly, you walk in on this person who has been such a good person, but he is molesting your child or maybe molesting a child that you know. Okay? Now, I know what most parents would do. And, you know, there indeed there have been many reports of this happening where parents walking in on people molesting their children. I know of one individual who killed... Uh, uh, killed the person molesting his child, uh, beat him to death with his, with his with his fists, and I think the jury acquitted him. Said we would have done the same thing. Um, he actually physically beat the person to death. So let's say that you walk in and this person is molesting your child. All right. Now you uh, get your child out of there, and then as you come back to inflict justice uh, uh, on this man, or I mean, let's say you know you don't even have the wherewithal to get your child out of there. You just start commence to attacking him, and, and let's say that he says, "Wait a second, wait, wait, one, one, one second, wait before you, before you attack me," and out of pure incredulity, you say, "What?" And he says to you, "I'm a good person. I jumped on that grenade and I saved those people's lives. I." Um, basically did more good things than I did bad in my life. I uh, was unjustly left by my wife. Uh, she abandoned me. And, you know, I'm, I'm basically a good person. I know the people, you know, if anybody tried to offer up that excuse, or even if he said, hey, I didn't know that this that this was a bad thing. I never learned this and where I was growing up. Uh, I never knew that. Uh, molestation was a bad thing. And, you know, in the culture that I came from, it was okay. Everybody did it. I was molested or whatever. You know, it was okay. And I know, I don't know of a single parent that would buy any single one of those excuses and be like, well, I guess this changes things. Uh, You know, the ignorance, the, uh, uh, the ignorance excuse, the, uh, I, I, I was, uh, had the same thing done to me excuse. Um, The, I did, uh, more good things in my life than I did bad excuse. Uh, and, and none of these excuses would ever hold up from you personally killing this person or you know, inflicting justice upon him right now, right there in a, in a blind rage. None of these things would, would, would stop you. In fact, it would make it worse, wouldn't it? I mean, if this person tried to justify what he was doing to your child, to your face, right, about, right before you were about to you know, pronounce sentence, it would make things worse. If, if anything, the, the, the proper response would be, whatever about you're about to do, I deserve it. 
that's the proper response. But any sort of excuse after being found guilty of these things, it only makes the situation worse. Worse. It is the. I believe it's the same uh, with with our lives, with the things that we do. Uh, even with these people who uh, never heard of God, the things that they do, the horrors that they commit, and they commit many horrors, none of these will, none of these excuses that I listed will be able to stand up in front of the white throne of judgment. You know, better better to get rid of the excuses now, because, and, and I'm telling the people out there who still believe that the that people who live in ignorance or have an excuse before God. When, when sentence comes, I'm telling you, right now it's not going to be there. And we have the same illustration in our lives right now that we can look to say, you know, there, there are things in our life where it doesn't matter if you have an excuse. Your excuse means nothing. You deserve whatever I, uh, this, this punishment or this judgment is. We have the same thing right now. There is no justification for child molestation. There is absolutely none. No excuse is good enough. Ignorance, personal injustice, um, uh, you know, I'm basically a good person. None of these will hold up. And every parent knows that. Every parent should know that. I, I actually should probably say that there are parents out there who do not know that. Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. Every parent should know that there is no excuse for child molestation. Absolutely none. No excuse will hold up. If it's not going to hold up in man's court, I can tell you right now, it's never going to hold up. Uh, how much more will it not hold up in God's court? Although I'm sure there's many people out there who would like to make him uh, a court of man that where these things do hold up. I want to read some scripture uh, to you today that I, I believe that many people do not even know about it. This uh, first passage comes in Ezekiel 7. Let me start off um, by reading verse 23. Ezekiel 7, verse 23. Forge a chain, for the land is full of bloody crimes, and the city is, the city is full of violence. I will bring the worst of the nations to take position, possession of their houses. I will put an end to the pride of the strong, and their holy places shall be profaned. When anguish comes, they will seek peace, but there shall be none. Disaster comes upon disaster. Rumor follows rumor. They seek a vision from the prophet, while the law perishes from the priest and counsel from the elders. The king mourns, the prince is wrapped in despair, and the hands of the people of the land are paralyzed by terror. Now here's the part that uh, I want to draw your attention to. According to their way, I will do to them, and according to their judgments, I will judge them, and they will know that I am the Lord. One damning aspect of our lives, um, especially those who do not know the Lord, is that they inflict the uh, condition of man's sinfulness is they will inflict judgments upon others that they themselves will not follow. And I believe the Lord, in his judgment, one of his judgments is, I will hold you to your own standard and show you that you know personally that you don't even deserve to be set free from this punishment I'm about to give you. Because here it is, by your own standard, I will judge you. And everybody who lives a life inflicts standards upon other people that they do not follow themselves. Everyone is a hypocrite. And once that is revealed to the extent that we will see it on Judgment Day, we will realize that, yes, by their own standards, even they fail. So what does, I mean, even, let's, I mean, 
in addition to failing God's standards, we also fail our own standards that we inflict upon everyone else. In Matthew chapter, uh, excuse me, Luke chapter 19, uh, talking about the parable of the talents. And when right when it is uh, right after the servant who tried to give an excuse for his laziness of burying the talent, uh, the master comes back and says, um, and he said unto him, out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. And when it comes to the ignorance plea that a lot of Christians say that people who have never heard of God have, in Proverbs 24 uh, 11 through 12, it says, Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, Behold, we did not know this. Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? I, I don't think that's limited to necessarily stopping injustice from going on. Uh, you know, the, the death of the innocents. I, I believe that also applies to every single sinful thing in our lives. You know, I don't think anyone's going to be able to have the excuse, well, I didn't know. No, you, you did know. Somewhere inside, you did know that what you were doing is wrong. I believe that ignorance can be maintained for a while, um, but eventually, you know, your conscience uh, is going to get to you unless you've seared it by this point, which is, I believe, is possible. You can sear it and, and pretty much put to death your conscience in certain things. But you have to at some point acknowledge that what you're doing is wrong. And I believe that is true for everybody and, and, and every sin. The verse ends by saying, will he not repay man according to his work? The answer is yes. And, and when that happens on the day of judgment, we're going to be like, yeah, makes sense. It's perfectly just. God is not fair. He is just, as my dad has pointed out very often. God is not fair. He is just. And we will see on the day of judgment when we look at these things and we examine these things the way that God, through God's eyes and the way that God sees them. Because there may come a time, you know, you might come in, you might walk in uh, as, the, as the father is killing this, this molester and you might say, well, what did he do to deserve such a thing? Isn't that, isn't that a little too much, man? I mean, you're, you're, you're killing the guy. Jeez, I mean, relax. That, that's, that's unjust. You shouldn't be doing that. But, they, but the observer doesn't know what happened. The observer hasn't seen it through the eyes of the parent. I believe once we stand in judgment and we judge angels and we see these things, not only are we going to say to the, the, the people who are condemned, yes, you deserve this punishment, we will also realize, wow, we deserve this punishment too. And that will also open our eyes and help us appreciate the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made on the cross for our sins too. My friend, if you're listening to this and you do not know the Lord as Savior, um, I, I believe very strongly that if you put your faith and trust in him and repent of your sins and turn away from the wickedness that you have embraced, he will offer you eternal life freely. The Bible says, let the righteous man turn away from his uh, thoughts and the wicked man from his works and turn to the Lord who will abundantly pardon. The Lord is ready and willing to abundantly pardon you if you turn away from your sin and put your faith and trust in him, his redemptive work on the cross, even for your sins. Thank you so much, my friends, for listening. Be strong and courageous. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology, brought to you by the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society and Reconstructionist Radio. 
please visit reconstructionistradio.com and thinkandreform.org. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.